1: This is The Art of Awesome, show number 160.
2: And I utilize crypto oftentimes to fund real estate. So for example, I'll use Bitcoin or stablecoin to leverage collateral to go finance uh, a rental property um, that cash flows. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning.
1: Hit it, boys. Welcome to The Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Art of Awesome podcast. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. And today we have another truly awesome, awesome guest as we get to sit down and talk with Josh Rhodes all about wealth creation, about financial freedom, about investing, real estate, cryptocurrencies, parenting, and generational wealth. Josh is an investor and has a fund himself uh, as well as his own podcast called Crypto Y'all. We learned about Josh's story as how he got into investing, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, buying his first rental properties, uh, flipping it during the 2008 crisis and all sorts of different cycles, markets, Uh, very, very interesting stuff. Josh also shares his thoughts on Bitcoin, on Ethereum, on some of the altcoins, and just in general investing as a whole. We talk about the differences between real estate, between cryptocurrencies, uh, the pros and cons. He also shares what might be the best investment for someone kind of just getting into the space, whether it be real estate, whether it be crypto, or really just trying to narrow down uh, and reverse engineer what their end goals truly are, and that will help them figure out where they should be allocating time and money, resources and education. Anyway, this is a really fun conversation. And I just want to put some emphasis that this is not financial advice. It's just two dads talking about all sorts of stuff that we find interesting. And I hope you guys find it as interesting and as exciting as I do because the whole wealth creation investing world is intriguing to me. So let's wait no longer and jump right into it. Here is josh rhodes first off josh thank you so very much for joining me here on the art of awesome podcast
2: yeah man thanks for having me
1: so you and i have a couple things in common and and i'm pretty excited to get to talk with you you're a father an entrepreneur and a bit of a crypto expert with your own show uh called Crypto Y'all. These are all subjects that I love to discuss and definitely excited to dive right into it. But first off, I kind of just wanted to hear a little bit of your story, kind of how you got into um, just this whole world of investing and maybe kind of uh, chasing that financial freedom on your own.
2: Yeah, I mean, I do not have a degree from a very prestigious school like MIT or Harvard business or anything like that. Grew up in Northwest Alabama, just nowhere, you know, uh, small town America uh, first person to go to college in my, in my entire lineage. Wow. And at, at some crazy age of 15, I remember going into the home office. My dad was a lumber salesman and my mom was a stay at home mom. And Uh, He did, he did as best he could for us. And I was raised really well um, in an awesome environment. Um, He was, he, my dad was a Marine Corps veteran and um, came home and started a business as an entrepreneur, which was one of the few people in in our, in my extended family. I, I was like one generation from extreme poverty. And I feel like I would have been if dad had not started a business just because of lack of industry and a lot of other things and where I'm from. But I walked into my home office one day. My mom's balancing the checkbook like she does every month for our family. She's a little stressed out. And I see this new book laying on the table called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. This crazy guy by the name of Robert Kiyosaki. And I'm 15 years old. I don't know anything. But I think I know everything. And I could just see in my mom's eyes, will you please read this book? (laughs) Because she knew – that, they, that, he, her, that she and my dad had gotten me generationally about as far as they could based on their background and where they'd been, where they come. They did really, really good job of providing a foundation for me. And so when my ego finally dropped 12 years later, I read the book. <laughs> when my know-it-allism finally dropped and, you know, that started the, the, the language uh, in the, the uh, euphoria or the epiphany bridge, I finally crossed the epiphany bridge and I started understanding investing and the difference between, you know, being an employee, self-employed, a business owner, or an investor and assets and liabilities and all that, that language I just didn't get in school or even in college. Um, and that's what really opened my eyes to it all. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I also, you know, had a similar story where growing up, uh, family did awesome, had amazing parents. Um, they had a, you know, a family business as well in um stationary equipment and stuff like that, selling like um office supplies to businesses. Um and it I was a little later than than you probably by the time I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and kind of like eventually figured out this whole world of investing. For me, it was a lot of uh, um, it was when I had kids actually. And my first having, you know, one kid, I've got two. So having our first, uh, I had, you know, definitely, I don't know if there's like a a technical term or not, but like provider syndrome where I had this, you know, desire to provide. But then by the time I had two kids, it definitely like it kicked in full, full gear where I figured like there's this whole world of money and there's like a game being played and I should figure out at least the rules of how the game's being played and and start to learn and uh yeah rich dad poor dad um robert kiyosaki he's got several books uh um what's his, his other one uh, cash flow quadrant which uh, cash flow
2: quadrant? yeah
1: yeah that's another uh, amazing one uh, another book for me that really helped a lot was um the richest man of babylon have you read that one
2: no but i've heard it quoted a hundred million times
1: yeah, it's it's a quick read, but it, it's anyway, based in like old, uh, you know, somewhat biblical times, and uh, talking about just like the rules of money, um, and so just starting to learn like that there are several rules towards wealth building and the idea of investing that really kicked it off for me. So, um, so you read you read Rich Dad Poor Dad at the age of you know in your in your late twenties early thirties somewhere in there. And when, when did you end, end up having kids? Cause you're a father yourself, correct?
2: Yeah. Um, f- around the early twenties is when we started having kids. So not long after we were married, I've been married um, about 18, almost 19 years now. Um, so yeah, read that and um, s- started real estate investing before I got into crypto, obviously um, just because of timeline and innovation. But um, once, I got, once I got into it, um, the language that you learn from investing and in entrepreneurship and business ownership um, is what really then accelerates, I guess, acts as a foundation, um, for better or for worse, to be able to adopt the new things that are coming down the track. So Re- Kiyosaki, actually, I don't know. He, I know he's into crypto, but like, he, he gave me language for business ownership, not just real estate investing. But business and crypto investing, so it it really worked together almost as a matrix, for lack of better words.
1: Well, I'm I'm very excited to, to hear that you started in real estate as well cuz that I I am also super intrigued by real estate. And I think anybody who reads Rich Dad Poor Dad probably goes down that rabbit hole of wanting to do real estate. Um when did when did you the the world of crypto kind of pique your interest and in kind of how did you transition from maybe real estate into crypto and and do you still do both or have you kind of switched or we'll start there and then I want to kind of hear your uh, your thoughts on on the two different asset classes as a whole.
2: So, I started in real estate investing in the early 2000s and well, mid 2000s because um I I got into rental properties, but then I I really wasn't like I was just walking ankle deep. I had one rental property for several years. Um, I wasn't being very strategic. I didn't have a lot of capital or access to capital. I didn't understand the financing game yet, but I did understand rental and assets and uh, income, income streams. And then I said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip a property." And mm-hmm. so, uh, in my infinite wisdom, I bought a house to flip to do eighty to ninety percent of the work myself six months prior to the subprime mortgage crisis of 2008. Mm. And I remember putting a for sale sign in the yard on the day, the morning that Bear Stearns went under and all the headlines and all the blood on the streets of wall street. And just like, I remember literally I had the for sale by owner sign push. I just almost on a visceral level. I could, I remember the grains of the dirt on the metal poles that I was just grinding into the ground going, what have I done? And right as the, I get the sign in the yard, I see a vehicle slow rolling down the street. Like, wait a second, they're looking for a house. So like a crazy person, I walk out into the middle of the street and wave them down. Like it's in a zombie apocalypse or something. And I give them the old fashioned, like roll your window down arm gesture <laughs> And this guy rolls his window down. And sure enough, he's got his adult daughter, freshly graduated from college, who has a pharmaceutical sales job in the city I'm renovating the house in. And I say, y'all looking for a house? And he's like, as a matter of fact, we are. I said, well, y'all come on in. And and they came in and got a contract on the house the next day. I don't think they were reading the headlines. I did not make a ton of money, but I was just like, man. If I, you know, so I learned a lot from that moment. And again, that's when I was, I I learned what not to do. I learned how to be more present during the buying process, be more cognizant of of the macro narrative of the economy. Mm -hmm. And then I got into crypto about 10 years later, uh, nine years later, 2017. Um, And to be honest, I think I, I think I got into it just like every, most people, their adoption story is. They saw a headline or they saw some kind of FOMO uh, social media post. And I said, okay, I'm going to look into this. And I just, I bought some Bitcoin and the rest is history.
1: Wow. So, man, there's a lot in there that I'd love to unpack. One, I'm I'm stoked to hear your story of of essentially narrow uh, narrowly escaping the the disaster. Oh my gosh, that could have been because um, I think many people maybe weren't quite as as uh, as lucky or fortunate in that subprime mortgage, mortgage uh, crisis scenario back in. You know, two thousand. What is it? Two thousand eight, two thousand seven. Anywhere from there to two thousand ten, I guess. But um, okay. So so you do that. You do your flip. You're getting into crypto later on. I guess I actually, ironically, I read. Um, well, I I kind of I watched a a, a video on YouTube this morning, and it was uh, it was a guy talking about how. Currently, we feel like a little bit uh, in the early 2006 period, where he's like, "I wonder, you know, where we're at with uh, with the yield curves uh, inverting, and you know, just the world is in a very weird place right now. We've got high uh, inflation, we've got um, uh, th- just the cost of money rising with uh, with interest rates." Uh, we've got wars over in Europe right now. What are your kind of thoughts going through that period? I guess, do you feel any similarities to that? And maybe what would your advice be for uh, for someone that had maybe just, you know, wanted to start investing, had a couple thousand dollars? Uh, what would your advice be to like to do in, in this kind of current market that we're in?
2: Well, it definitely feels... It's well if you've lived through a financial crisis that is through the through the genesis of one all the way through the apex like we did in the subprime, you now look back with almost a spidey sense. Not that not that everything's about emotional sensitivity, but like you look at it and go, okay, wait, there are definitely some big similarities here. but there's also some drastically different variables at play, you know, during that time we didn't, we weren't really messing around with inflation. Um, so it's almost like we're, we traded variables and, but it still all feels very fragile. I think the biggest thing I would tell a new investor right now, um, is to, uh, not, uh, it, it now is not a time to gamble. Um, but it is a time to allocate. And the way you allocate is, first of all, you identify a ferociously specific desired outcome. Um, make sure you have some kind of uh, t- and, and couple that, couple that desired outcome with a time horizon. So forget about actually, all of the macro or microeconomic things that are going on, and simply, put on a bulletin board cork board sticky note whatever your goal your desired outcome financially if you have got $2000 what do you want that $2000 to be because this is not you know Vegas we don't we're not talking about when we talk about crypto investing or real estate investing we don't we're not talking about slot machines
1: right we're
2: talking about being you know you can be from from nowhere Alabama and still be a sophisticated investor you can be from nowhere anywhere and still have an intelligent calculus that you apply and deploy your money with. And you cannot have an intelligent calculus if you are not reverse engineering the economics that you desire. So that's where I would tell a new investor right now. Um, And then when it comes to like specific allocation, man, I mean, it's it's impossible to argue with the utility of uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin, for example, um, and even some stable coins that are out there. And we can nerd out on crypto whenever you want to. But I think ultimately, as a new person who doesn't have exposure yet to asset classes, uh, assuming that they don't, those are two great places, Bitcoin and Ethereum, to allocate their dollars right now uh, because they have the largest market caps um, and they're least likely to fail, quote unquote. They, yeah, they might they might lose some value in the short term. They might have incredible value in the short term. But again, that's why the time horizon matters because if you've got a 28-day time horizon, I would say crypto investing is not where you need to be. Right. Um, if you have a 12-month, 6 to 12-month, that, that's a that's a great place to be. Uh, five years, 10 years, you know, very good place to be.
1: So what is uh, what is your thought difference between then, again, as someone... And I love getting to talk with you because I'm, I'm super interested in both real estate and crypto. And, and I've done a little bit of investing in both. Um, and... I'm kind of torn right now, where I see one the utility the utility of of Bitcoin and ethereum. I see the adoption rate of crypto as a whole essentially eclipsing the internet, which has been the fastest adoption rate of anything, you know in in the entire history of the planet. Um so I see the the growth curve only accelerating from here with with crypto. But then I also know, as far as like, Depending on you know what's going on in in macroeconomics, real estate has you know if you do correctly and, and you've got cash flow, you can withstand any sort of recession and different things like that as long as you know you've got a, a renter that's willing to to buy and 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 I think with inflation on top of that, assets in this current market are continuing to rise. Therefore housing prop uh housing prices are going up eventually we're going to you know probably outprice the a majority of people which means that the renting market is going to increase so i'm like i'm just torn between these two asset classes of like man which is better you know the apple or the orange and and i almost wonder if it's just like well you know split it down the middle and and just do a little in both or, or try to figure out, you know, what you feel better about, but, but play, play both games instead of one or the other. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we live in cycles, right? We live in economic cycles. I think we're in, we're in 10 to 12 year cycles, no matter what. Um, I think, um, it's for, for me, it's real estate and crypto. And I'm, I'm, I'm 80-20 principle there. I'm 80% crypto, 20% real estate. Um, and I utilize crypto oftentimes to fund real estate. So, for example, I'll use Bitcoin or stablecoin to leverage collateral to go finance uh, a rental property um, that cash flows. Because that's what I learned from Kiyosaki is that the wealthy never sell their assets. They, they leverage their assets to buy more cash flow or streams of income. And so I think ultimately what you got to what you need to do cuz you can then break it down into infinity. Well, if we're doing real estate is it short-term rentals? Should we do Airbnbs or should we do buy and hold? Should we do flips? Should we you know, should we should we wholesale? Should we flip contracts? Like you can you can kind of fractal it into nothingness t- so ultimately you got to just be biased towards action and follow your comprehension and your passions. You know, like some people some of the smartest guys that I surround myself with as advisors they just can't wrap their brains around crypto and they have way more money than I do. So, but, so their exposure to crypto is limited. Um, but their exposure to commercial or industrial real estate is, you know, gigantic compared to mine. So I think a lot of it has to do with affinity um, competence uh, of just your ability to grab grapple with it. For whatever reason, my Legend of Zelda Nintendo upbringing allows me to understand something about crypto that makes sense. And, and I don't know why, but there, but I'm able to just grapple with it. Um, and I can see the future, I think in it a little bit, um, lots of volatility. You got to be ready for volatility. So if you're risk averse, then real estate's probably a way better. And a lot of people think real estate's risky, which is ironic because it's probably the um, well, I believe Bitcoin is probably the apex asset class or the emerging apex asset class. But traditionally, I think we would all, all argue that land and real estate is kind of the most conservative place that you can bank your money on. But when it comes to multiples and value and, and just increasing value and adoption rate, like, you, like I think it's outpacing mobile phone adoption and Internet adoption both. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's you know that's strong. You know, Metcalf's law of adoption is a massive utility, a massive thing that um, if you play your cards right, you can really multiply your your dollars quickly. And, and the thing about crypto is that it's accessible. Real right. estate is not as accessible. And to your point about prices going up, like there's this weird thing happen- happening, and you can unlock your conspiracy theories all you want, but basically, what's going to end up happening is Yes, values are going to keep going up, but less and less people are going to be able to actually have the liquidity to make the transaction or the purchase, except for the hedge funds or the Wall Streets or the institutional banks. I mean, I know, I know new construction developments 15 miles from me right now that if if a builder just says, hey, here's a plot of land and here's the here's the architectural design, and here's a person that's willing to buy it, the hedge fund will buy it at a 20% increase immediately uh, from wow. that contract. So it's just like, okay, what's really happening here? The thing I love about crypto is its accessibility. I do not have to go to the bank to get a loan. I don't have to raise a bunch of you know investor dollars. I don't have to. Do, I could just literally go to a central exchange and trade my fiat dollars for it. I've got an asset. I've got a property.
1: Yeah, and back to your accessibility. Um, I mean, you could get into it with with you could get into it with a dollar essentially, but, but a couple hundred bucks. And, uh, whereas you're not going to get into real estate for a couple hundred bucks now, unless you get into wholesaling or there's, there's different ways to make money, obviously within real estate. Uh, but you're not necessarily, well, actually, I guess you, you there is buying properties with, uh, low and no money down. But anyway, the majority of, of purchasing real but estate that knowledge takes, is a premium. Right. Exactly. Um, so I guess we talk about crypto, we talk about real estate a little bit. You'd mentioned something that I'd love to hear your uh, your opinion on, and it comes uh, down to leverage. Um, you had mentioned that and, and the fact that uh, Robert Kiyosaki said, you know, that the rich don't sell assets and that you were actually leveraging your Bitcoin to buy more real estate, which I find very intriguing. Um, explain just maybe for my listeners, how leverage works, uh, what maybe the dangers are and what the pros are, uh, or like the, the, the possibilities that leverage can, uh, can entail.
2: Sure. Well, the world of leverage is an exotic, um, place where you can enter into various theaters of risk is the way I would explain it. So you can be really conservative um, and take, you know, let's say you own, let's just be, let's just use a scenario. Let's say you own $100,000 in Bitcoin. You, there are, there are online lenders. I, I kind of hesitate to say any brands on your podcast like that because yep. I don't want there to be any, you know, false um, assumptions, but uh, there's, there are, there are lenders, there are crypto lenders, they're everywhere. They have central, they're central exchanges, really. That will say, hey, yeah, if you'll, let us, if you'll let us hold your Bitcoin as collateral, we'll give you 30, 35, 50, 75% loan to value on your $100,000 in Bitcoin in USD. And so, boom, I'll take a 50% loan to value on my hundred grand. Now, I've got $50,000 in cash. I did not have to sell my Bitcoin, which has returned from its genesis 200% year over year. In a creative nature. So it's proven over the last 12, 13 years, it's an accretive asset. Why would I want to sell an asset that, let's just say it's 100% year over year, right, on average, still incredible, blows the S&P 500 out of the water. So why would I ever want to let go of that asset? I don't. I want to hold that forever. But I can use it to access more liquidity so I take the fifty grand in USD. I'm paying that central exchange X percent on the loan, right? Usually between four and eight percent. So it's it's higher than you would on a thirty year fixed rate mortgage on that on that loan. But I could go buy, uh, depending on what part of the country, you know, I bought an eighty three thousand dollar rental property uh, with with the with the with the loan that I brought out. That's cash flowing uh, like seven or eight hundred dollars a month. And my principal and interest payment on the, on the, on the crypto loans like $150, $128 or something. Like. So I'm able to completely, if not take all the cash flow from my rental property, all the, pro, all the proceeds, direct it towards the loan and get my Bitcoin back. Now I own my Bitcoin and my real estate property. Then I can do whatever I want to to pay off that principal. I technically paid it in cash, so it doesn't have any principal. So now I have two assets instead of foregoing one asset to trade off for another, like the, you know, it's kind of like the Indiana Jones trading the, the, the stone for the golden monkey in, yeah. in, that, in whatever temple of them it was. But well, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's the like, idea.
1: Yeah. It's like having your cake and eating it too. It's, it's the best of both worlds for sure. Um, Wow, I love this. I love this idea. Um I've got a friend of mine actually who was telling me about that where he was leveraging his Bitcoin um and and he I, I mean, I guess another way to go about it. I think he was doing it and then taking that and putting it into stablecoin and getting a, a a yield off that which is almost like it's kind of mind blowing when we were when we were talking about it because I this was before I was even really in the crypto world and and we were talking about real estate versus crypto and he was like it's kind of like renting your crypto like you still own the crypto you're getting a return off of it he's like it's pretty incredible and it that to me just like blew my mind that that was even possible uh, so yeah
2: took it. Can- so yeah. can I tell your listeners though the downside to the scenario I just gave because I don't want to just be rose colored glasses. Right. So if you so your friend did it the right way which is in the short term if I just loan against my bitcoin and bitcoin goes down in price which is very possible. Yeah. It's all time high was 69,000 in November we're down to about 45 46 right now. There's what's called a liquidation price. You must know your liquidation price before you take that loan. The way you get around liquidation prices, which means if it goes down a certain percentage to a certain price, the bank is going to take your collateral and and it's gone. Now you still, you know, but the, the, the point to prevent liquidation from ever happening is to take your $100,000 of Bitcoin and swap it for $100,000 in stablecoin, which is pegged to the US dollar, mm-hmm. which you will not liquidate. And then that acts as the collateral you still take the same loan to value ratio and go buy your asset or in in his case it's, it's called the dgen botch strategy you can take the stable coin put it into a 20 percent apy you know uh, uh, annual percentage yield and uh just basically you're netting the difference between your loan and your um and your new investment so it's it's a really cool strategy and it's very possible because of the decentralized nature of crypto
1: yeah, it's it's kind of wild and mind blowing and even though I fully understand it, it's still like it almost seems illegal where I'm just like, how is it it's it seems so easy to get a return anyway. And by the way, to all the listeners out there, I am not a financial advisor and this is not financial advice on this show. This is this is just uh for conversation and um And yeah, I I guess you guys can, can use it as just, just, it's just two, two crazy dads. Yeah, exactly. Two crazy, two crazy dads. Yeah. So are you teaching your, your children? How old are your kids by the way?
2: Yeah. 15, uh, 14 and 12. So I'm in the thick of it. Three girls, junior high, high school, getting ready for cars and all of it. And um, they are all crypto investors. They, they own uh, coins and some altcoin, uh, or some positions in some altcoins, and I've got my oldest in the play-to-earn crypto game world, and she uh, er- plays the game uh, every day for about 30 minutes and earns about uh, 20 or 30 dollars of, or, or really more like five dollars worth of crypto coins for me, and I just pay her a flat ten dollars, and so. But she's seeing now that the coins that she's earning for me are accretive and they're going up with Bitcoin. Uh, they're kind of trailing. And so yep. I, now she's starting to like flew in. And so I'm wondering <laughs> if she's going to catch on.
1: She's like, Dad, I, I, don't, I don't want the cash. I want, I want the actual coin that's going up in value as well. That's, cool. that's right. So she's
2: earning her, her. She's earning shopping money and future gas money through a crypto employment uh, endeavor
1: what I, like I have heard. i like that what are your thoughts on on altcoins like obviously there's like a gazillion of them out there crypto or uh, crypto uh a uh, bitcoin and ethereum to me are are the two kind of uh the safest of the of the crypto asset in in my mind uh being that the two largest uh What are your thoughts on kind of the risk curve of these altcoins out there? Obviously, you can get better returns on some of them, but uh, what are your thoughts on risk on them?
2: Yeah, I mean, going back to our early comments, you know, if if you know your ferociously specific desired outcome, if you know that, then that will direct your path in terms of risk aversion and tolerance. Altcoins, 90% of them won't be around in the next three years. Um, There'll be a whole new batch. You know we're in this weird phase of innovation, but that's where you're going to get your 10x. That's where you're going to get your 20x, your 100x returns. That everybody's crazy. You know all this crazy social media headlines that you see. You're going to get them there with Bitcoin. You know if you hold it for the next 12 months, you might 2x, you might 3x your money. Uh, so when you're when you're thinking thinking through your time horizon, uh, and you want. Bigger returns with way more risk altcoins are where you need to you know put your time and money at, at crypto y'all in our community we have a it's kind of like your when you go in you know the the, the dealership with your car or the auto shop with your car they got the twenty one point diagnostic check you know we've got a i've got a crypto checklist that I use for every investment i i run a fund i have investor cohorts that you know people walk through i walk through about um a four week session with eight crypto investors at a time who want to learn how to do passive crypto and income investing. And they all session two is where we really make the money, which is where we learn how to lift the hood and kick the tires. And like, how do you know if that crypto investment has a good shot, you know, and there's some things there that take some time. Like I'm a full-time crypto investor. I do it all day long. Every day. I've got a research assistant. Like I'm, I'm in it. But the retail investor out there who's just listening to this podcast, I would encourage you, if you get into altcoins, it, don't treat it like your Valentine's bouquet of flowers. Like <laughs> you're, you're not, you don't have enough time or expertise to, to own 24 altcoins. And if you get into crypto, you're going to end up, you're going to look up one day and go, where did all these altcoins come from? And they're all going to be worth 20 or $30 in your purse. And you're just like, man. What, where, what, what happened here? And I would just encourage you to like, think about the 80, 20 principle, you know, 20% of your investments are going to create 80% of your, your revenue. So just only take on the amount of research that you can do on your own. Um, that that's really important, but it's where you can win is the all coins.
1: I love that, Josh. I feel like I could talk with you all day about, uh, about crypto, about real estate, uh, about parenting in general, uh, wealth creation, and, and kind of uh, creating generational wealth as well. I, I think I might have to bring you back onto the show again. Um, but I'm going to move us on to the next segment of the show that I call the Fire Round. And I'm going to fire a quick couple questions off at you. Though before we continue with the show, I want to take a little bit of time to talk about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations. And the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards your goals at the pace that's comfortable for you. Noon Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noon Weight users finish the program, and more than 60% of users that engage with the program keep the weight off for a year or more. So start building habits for healthier, long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot slash believe. B-L-E-A-V. Now, let's get back to our fire round. Josh, do you have a favorite quote or a current quote that you live by? Uh,
2: I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a man of faith. And so I, one of my favorite uh, scripture verses is he must increase and I must decrease. It's just a really great like uh, mainline thing for humility. And if you're a Jim Collins fan, you read good to great, you, know, you saw all those level five leaders, mm-hmm. the main characteristic that they have is humility. And I'm not humble enough, but it, that one really helps to center me around trying to approach life with humility.
1: I love that. Um, Do you have a favorite book that's, uh, whether it be real estate, crypto, or even uh, parent-related?
2: Well, I already cheated, obviously, with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, That one one played a big role in my life. Um, You know, we didn't talk about entrepreneurship and business ownership a lot. I I really think the book E-Myth is uh, a no-brainer for a lot of people who are listening, who are thinking about being an owner, of a business, you know, I own two other businesses that are not in real estate, and crypto, um, and that's a, that was a big breakthrough moment for me, just being able to read what the what tr- the true story of entrepreneurship is and the reality that it is. So, yeah,
1: myth, love that. Um, what might be a lesson that you have learned, whether it be through mistake or success? Um,
2: I believe that if you are biased towards action, I spent 10 years of my life, eight years of my life post-college in denial of who I actually was, like in, in terms of personality, DNA, like I was a sales guy and an entrepreneur, like that's who I was, but I was working in a nonprofit environment that had a glass ceiling of earning capability, not that there's anything wrong with nonprofit work, but it wasn't me. I was lying to myself and it was all because I, was, I wasn't I was taking action towards what I, what I should have been doing. So I think being biased towards action, you can, yes, you're going to mess up. Yes. You're going to rush through something. Yes. You're going to do something imperfectly, uh, but done is better than perfect usually. Um, and that's, that's been kind of a credo that I've lived by in my recent adult life.
1: I love that. Uh, Josh, this is my favorite question that I that I get to ask all my guests. If today was your last day on earth and everything that you've done, all of your investing, um, all of your podcasts, uh, everything was to go away with you and all that you were left with was a piece of paper and a pen and you could leave three truths, three truths for your three daughters, for families, for friends, or for future generations, what might your three truths be?
2: oh gosh oh man what a what a sobering question um three truths uh i would say uh, i would i would say to my loved ones that um i loved you way more than i was able to display um i would say uh, buy more assets. Number two. <laughs> I feel like I'm writing my obituary. Is this the is that the right tone and tenor? Uh, and then let's see. Um, and now there's so many like country song titles. <laughs> going <through my> <laughs> like buy dirt. I'm <laughs> just sitting <every> <laughs> Buy dirt. Buy my, Buy real estate. Um, and uh, the third one would be. others. I think, I think that sounds so cliche, but um, I think ultimately you're going to be more fulfilled and you're going to have joy serving others more so than yourself. It's like Gollum in the ring, right? Lord of the Rings. Like he just, he wasn't happy at the end of the day, even though he got what he wanted.
1: I love that. That is some great advice right there. Josh, you have shared so much value with myself, with our listeners. I thank you so very much. Something that I try to do as much as I can uh, for the guests that I get to bring on this show, being that I gain so much value from you. Is there anything currently that you're focusing on that I might be able to help you out with or possibly even my listeners?
2: Sure. I mean, if your listeners are interested in my case study, um, of taking one of my portfolios up in value by about 2300 percent they can download, join my email list at cryptoyall.co, not dot .com, com.co. Um, in marketing, you don't have to be better, just different. <laughs> and so it's co uh, cryptoyall.co. And then um yeah, I do I do rounds of cohorts a couple of times a month. Um, if somebody's interested, they can email me directly, josh at cryptoyall.co.
1: Awesome, well, there you guys have it. Go check out Josh at CryptoYall dot co dot um, co. And is there anywhere else uh, other than your email that that people can kind of follow along? Obviously, you've got your podcast, Crypto Y'all. Uh, are you on any of the social medias or anywhere else that people kind of uh, can follow along your journey?
2: Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm really active on LinkedIn, actually. Okay. Um So. Find me on LinkedIn, Josh Rhodes. Uh, You'll see my Crypto Y'all banner on my profile. Please connect with me, follow me. That'd be awesome. And uh, you'll hear me talk about a lot of passive income crypto projects there too.
1: Awesome. Well, there you guys have it. Go check out Josh. Crypto Y'all, check him out on LinkedIn. I'll have the link uh, for all of that in the show notes below. Final question of the day for you, Josh. What is your definition of awesome?
2: definition of awesome is doing it what you love that also drives your economic engine uh that also allows you to maybe be the best in the world at it so i stole someone else's framework there and if one of your listeners figures it out and emails me i'll give them my uh flagship course for free so We'll just hide that Easter egg there.
1: There we have it. I love little hidden Easter eggs. Thank you again so much for your time, for all this value. I love getting to talk all about crypto, real estate, parenting. We might have to bring you back on and talk about entrepreneurship. Thank you again so very much, Josh. For all of you listeners out there, I hope you guys got as much value as I did. And if you did, if you guys could please share this out with someone that you think needs to hear this, uh, someone that you think needs to learn about assets, learn about uh, building wealth, creation, and all sorts of fun. Um, So yeah, share it out that way. Also, if you guys could share uh, a rating and review, that greatly benefits the channel and myself. Uh, I am greatly appreciative for you guys doing that. So thank you guys. And uh, as always, signing off for Josh Rhodes and Nick Troutman here signing off, wishing you all a truly awesome day. Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.